Familiar Christmas carol, Deck the Halls. Nice and cheery for this time of year. There's a line from that that goes, Fast away the old year passes. La 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 la. This is the sing-along portion. Let's try it one more time. <laughs> Fast away the old year passes. Good. What's the next line? Close. Real close. Real close. All you added was an AR. It's hail the new ye lads and lasses. Good. Good. All right. Good. Well, today you're the lads and lasses. The old year is fast <laughs> falling away, running away, giving way, whatever the year does at the end. And it's the time to celebrate because God has really been good to us and done some just incredible things in our church in the last year. But it's also an opportunity for us to look ahead and to celebrate some of the opportunities that God has for us in 2015. I wanted to talk about just some of the things that were exciting to me in the last year as a church family. And it's kind of difficult because there's so many things. And it's one of those things where once you start mentioning things, then inevitably you leave someone else out. So if I do, I apologize. But if I mentioned everything, we would be here till 1, 2 o'clock probably in the afternoon. And I'm sure you probably, your stomachs will tell you that you have other plans before that were to happen. So what are some of the good things that I think happened in the last year? Well, we just talked about the Christmas offering. Again, it's not just about the number. The number certainly represents your generosity, but what it represents is your desire to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I just think it's a wonderful, tangible expression of your love for him. And so I want to celebrate that. The World Market, this was uh, an annual event, or is an annual event, here at Clarksburg Baptist Church, and it grows and grows and grows and grows every year. The World Market, most of you are familiar with it. If you're not, we do it one Saturday in November. We have a lot of fair trade items that people come and purchase. 100% of the purchases go back to help people uh, earn a living wage, some in third world countries. Certainly some have been rescued from some incredible uh, just horrible things that, that we can't even imagine. But it provides for them a living wage and a new start in life. And every year it grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. And that's so exciting to see your vision beyond just this place, but to other places as well. The mission work that we've been able to do in, in Cuba and Haiti uh, every year uh, is just is so wonderful. And the people there... I get emails from them all the time and just expressing their gratitude to you as a church for reaching out to them. We have a relationship with the Clarksburg Mission, and we serve a meal over there, and we do some other things. But one of the things you, you might not know about was uh, sometimes the mission just kind of gets overwhelmed with people, especially during cold weather or extremely hot weather. And so during the past year, uh, Clarksburg Baptist Church was able to help them with that overflow housing and provide 54 nights, I'm told, of overflow housing for the mission. So that's something you may not know, but I think is a, is a wonderful thing. Uh, our food pantry reaches out into our community and provides food on a regular basis for needy families in our community or, or maybe just someone who needs some temporary help, all sorts of things. But one of the things that they do is at Thanksgiving and at Christmas time, 
And they supply food baskets for folks in, in our community. And just at Christmas time, 262 uh, individuals were helped at Christmas time. And that's made possible because of you. Um, their goods and their money and everything doesn't just appear over there. It comes from your generosity. So thank you for being a part of that. Life groups. We have a new life group. Uh, not a fan that's starting next Sunday, and I hope you'll be a part of that. But we've had different life groups spring up in the past year, and some have grown, and been, there's been a renewed interest in a lot of people in being a part of a life group. Some are meeting in homes, some meet here at church, some meet on Sunday morning, some meet Sunday night, some meet Wednesday night, and other times. And, and that's just, we want to see that continue. That's something that's just wonderful that shows that you are wanting to grow in your faith with Jesus Christ. Celebrate recovery. Every Tuesday night, this place is full. Actually, this whole building is full of people who come with their hurts and their habits and their hang-ups, and they come to find hope in Jesus Christ. And I think it's just incredible that we are, are able to be a part of that wonderful ministry and that that is a, just a, a ministry of our church that just continues to grow, and we thank you for the leadership. Baptisms, it just seems like we can't fill the baptistry up fast enough. People are coming to know Jesus Christ, and, and we want to, as a church, help them to grow in that faith in the coming year. Our, our children have an incredible space in Clubhouse 252, and, and Janet Satterfield, our children's minister, and the people that work in Clubhouse and the uh, children's a life group that meets on Sunday and the, the help her with the children's activities and planning and all of those things. Uh, our children's ministry here is incredible, and we just are so thankful that we have the leadership and the people involved in that ministry that help our children come to know Christ and, and to grow in Him. Uh, our student life ministry, Alan Hill is our student life minister, and uh, they meet across the, the parking lot. A lot of what they do is kind of like what the children are doing right now. It's kind of invisible. You don't, you don't see what goes on, but I hear about it every Tuesday uh, at staff meeting, and I see the results of that ministry that they do. And I think one of the things that's really excited me uh, about our student life ministry in the past year is seeing ch uh, kids bring kids. That, that kids are bringing kids from their sports teams and from their school, and, and some of the, the kids around the neighborhood are, are finding their way here. And that's exciting. It's challenging, and it's challenging, but it's exciting to see that happening. We have uh, uh, wonderful worship, uh, creative worship, and we have uh, just are blessed with some wonderful uh, musicians in, in both of our services. And I want to thank uh, Andy Walker and, and for the way that he coordinates and leads our, our worship ministry, but also want to thank him for the communications that he does. Our, our presence in our community, our social media, all of those things have just been expanded, and I'm just really excited about, about this app, not because I go back and listen to all my sermons, but just because it's a great tool. It's a great tool to grow. And I, so trust me, if I see you on your phone or your iPad during worship, I'm not going to yell at you because I, I know you're out there taking notes and, and doing all of that stuff. But just some great, great things going on, uh, going on there. We've had a lot of new folks who've, who've come and not just to come to worship, but a lot of new folks who've come and have plugged in and have gotten involved in ministry here at church, and, and that's exciting. Uh, we've had people who've come to Christ, who've been baptized, uh, who are, are growing in their faith, and it just goes on and on and on and on. And it seems like there was one more thing that I was going to mention that someone mentioned in the first service, but I, I don't see where I wrote it down. But is, is there anything that, that you want to celebrate from last year that maybe, that maybe I mentioned? Did not mention, rather.
I know what it was, trunk or treat. That was something that uh, someone mentioned. That's where we have 150,000 children who come into our parking lot uh, on a Thursday night before Thanksgiving. That's not even preacher count, who come in, uh, and it's an incredible outreach ministry. Our cafe on Sunday morning where you go and, and, and drink coffee and eat goodies and fellowship. That is a wonderful ministry of our church, and a lot of good people make that happen every week. Anything else? Well, there's a lot more. But I just want to, uh, I just want to say thank you for people who, who make that happen. Those are the visible things. There are a lot of invisible things. In fact, that's what really makes this hard. I see things all the time. In fact, I was in my office talking with a ministry leader here in our church the other day. And I said, you know, the, the hardest thing about this job as a pastor is I just see so much that goes on that I cannot share. <laughs> it's really tough. Uh, it, it really is because I hear so many wonderful stories and I see how people's lives have been changed. There, there are things, I call them widow's might moments. If you know the story from the New Testament, the little people were dumping in big amounts in the treasury there. And along comes this little widow and she puts in these two copper coins and Jesus says, that's the greatest gift because she gave all that she had. And I, I see those moments all the time of people who sacrifice and who are, are generous and who just perform incredible uh, acts of, of ministry and sacrifice. And so those are things that mean a lot to me, and I, I'm, I can't name names or point people out, but you know who you are, and we thank you for that. I've seen people's lives, I don't mean just change, but I mean just totally just totally transformed. And it happens in, in all sorts of different ways. And, and I've seen people who, when, when they came here, literally had no hope. And, and I really think maybe they just showed up out of desperation, maybe, which is fine. That's how we all come to Jesus, if we're honest about it. Um, but to see in, in a short period of time how God can take a hold of a person and, and just transform their life. And, and even though there, there may be some consequences down the road to some of their actions, how they face those consequences and, and how people in the, in the public view them, people that knew them, their old self, and the people that know them now. And it's just incredible to hear the testimony of those people outside who notice the change that's happened in other people. Uh, I, I've seen relationships restored. I, I'll be honest, there, there are a couple of relationships. Um, I didn't, didn't get much chance, but they're restored, and it's, and it's incredible to see. Um, and this is, the, <laughs> this is the touchy one, but I'll mention it anyway. I've seen some attitude changes uh, in, in some folks. I really have. I, I was, and I'm not going to mention names because I'm afraid you, you don't realize it's happened. And you'll, if I mention your name, you'll go, oh, well, I didn't mean for that to happen. Uh, just, just trust me. It, it's exciting to see. And it's exciting to see excitement <laughs> and just all the things that are going on. So, uh, you know, I'm excited about the things I can talk about publicly. And I'm excited about those things that I really can't talk about publicly, but I can only give you a little glimmer of maybe those are the kinds of things, like I said on Christmas Eve, that I'll just have to ponder in my heart. But while we want to celebrate the good things, somebody tell me what our church's vision is. Two words. Move beyond. 
move beyond. There it is. That's our vision here at Clarksburg Baptist Church, move beyond. And we talked a lot about that at the beginning of the fall, and we've worked it. Uh, actually, it's going to, as I said, permeate everything that we do in the coming year and years for that matter. But when we come to this time of year, especially as we look at the good things that have happened and the great ways that God has blessed us in the past year, it's time to move beyond. doesn't mean that you discount those good things. It doesn't mean that you forget about them, but you can build on them because move, what move beyond means for us is that we're never satisfied where we are in our level of faith or our area of ministry, but we're always looking to move beyond to the next level. That's what the Christian life is all about. It's all about growth and about moving beyond. And that's what we want to do in the year to come is we want to move beyond. Jim Collins, best-selling author, writes a lot of business stuff, uh, wrote a book called Good to Great, and the very first sentence in that book says this. It says, good is the enemy of great. And he goes on to talk about all of the businesses that he's known, all of the people that he's known, schools, other institutions that he's known, that settle for good. He talks about businesses, uh, corporations even, that are good. They turn a profit every year. They treat their employees okay. They have a, a good product. Everything is just kind of good. But they never take it to the next level of greatness. And also, churches, people are the same way. A lot of times we settle for good. Now, good's good. But what God wants out of us is to keep moving beyond. So to move beyond basically good to great. And then to greater and then whatever the superlatives are after that. But that's what we want to be about as a church. And as a church, as we talk about being a, a great church, a great church is not necessarily a big church. There's some great churches that have very, very, very few members, but they're great churches. There's some big churches that have a whole lot of members that are great churches. But greatness is not just about size of churches. Also, greatness doesn't mean that we just have a lot of programs going on. You can be busy, but it doesn't mean you're great. So we're not after busyness, but rather we're after great. So what is a great church? A great church is one that represents God effectively in the world. It's pretty simple. A great church is one that represents God effectively in the world. It's also made up of people who are involved in ministry, not just worship. And it's also made up of people whose love for the Lord is what drives them in their lives. So you've got a bunch of driven people who really want to get involved in ministry and who really want to change the world, their world, the world around them. Doesn't just mean big, just, doesn't just mean busy, but it's affecting change in the world. That's the kind of church that we want to be. So as we move beyond good to great and all the, the things that God has done for us in the past year, I just want to share with you some things. I want to tell you up front, this is not earth shattering. This is pretty basic stuff. But it's stuff that we need to be reminded of occasionally. And it's stuff that we really need to keep in mind as we work together as God's people. I'm going to read from Romans 12, beginning in verse 3. He says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, 
as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Just some thoughts from this as we look into 2015. The first is that we're designed to work together. As a church, we're designed to work together. The New Testament talks about the church in a couple of ways. It talks about them as family. You know, we, we call one another, our fellow believers, brothers and sisters. The, the Bible talks about us belonging to each other. We call God our Father, and those of us who come to faith are, are called His children. So we're, we're a family in that sense. Also, as part of a family, your family, my family, uh, who knows? Maybe there's a crazy aunt or two. There's an obnoxious cousin. Maybe there's even... The wayward son, who knows? But even that, the, the Bible talks about us as family. And even though we're all different, and even though some of us are a little more different than others, we're all a part of a family, and that's important. But here, in this passage from Romans, the image is that of the body. And it's pretty simple. The body's made up of different parts. But all the parts are important to the body. And so each of us has a role to play. If you're part of the body of Christ in general, we all have a part to play. If you're part of the body of Christ at Clarksburg Baptist Church, you also have a part to play. All of us have a role in the body. And all of us have been given something to do. And the rest of the body is dependent on us doing our part. That's something we need to remember in the year to come, is that all of us have a part in the body of Christ. And for the body of Christ to function, all of us have to find our place and do our part. For this to happen, he also says that you need to know yourself. He says that you shouldn't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, and you ought to look at yourself with, with sober judgment. Certainly, this can mean that, that you don't become arrogant, that you don't take the, or think of yourself and your abilities as being better than they actually are. We've, if, we've each given, been given abilities. We call them gifts, and, and we're to use them. But the gifts are different, and all the gifts are interdependent. So don't ever become arrogant thinking, yes, your gift is important, but they're all important. It's a pastor, that, in something I read this week, that talked about he thought that you know, the church would just absolutely collapse and fall apart if it wasn't for him. And then he was in an accident and ended up being unconscious for about a month. And, and when he woke up, he said the biggest surprise was not that he'd been out for a month, but that the church had, had gone on for a month and actually survived without him. Now, he had an important part to play, but the idea was, was that everybody had an important part to play. And the church was not just dependent on him, but was dependent on everybody. So it was a reminder to him to not be arrogant, to think I am the most important part of the body, but rather that they're all important. 
And then it's also a caution against thinking less of yourself because a lot of people will say, well, I can only do this or I can only do this or I can only do this. It, it doesn't matter. Everybody has a part to play. You know, I, I might think that my heart is more important than my thumb, but I really don't want to live without either one of them because each of them perform a very important part in my living and in my daily life. And it's that way with you. Look, if you believe that God has given you a gift, and he has, and if you believe that you are important to God, which you are, then use that gift. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't hide it. Don't think, well, it's less than everybody else's. That's not the point. The point is God gave it to you, and if he gave it to you, it's important. So use it. Don't downplay your abilities. Don't elevate them beyond what they are, but don't downplay them either. And the bottom line, recognize your strengths and weaknesses. You know, what are you good at doing? What do you have a passion for? What other abilities do you have? That's what you need to do. Don't downplay anything. Don't elevate anything beyond what it is. But be honest and identify it and use it. And then the third thing, and we're going to read verses three, um, 6 through 8. The church is handicapped. If you don't use your gift, it is. If you don't do your part, the church is handicapped. Listen to what he says. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in, in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. The, the church is handicapped. Just if you know like a physical handicap, the church is the same way. If, if one part is not doing what it should do, then, then the church is handicapped. And the main point of all of this, basically, is the idea that, that Clarksburg Baptist Church cannot do what it was meant to do in 2015 if you do not do what you were equipped to do. We, we can't move beyond. We can't be the church that God wants us to be. We can't do the things that we believe God is calling us to do in the new year if everyone doesn't do their part because it handicaps those who are trying to do it. The body of Christ works better just like your body does when all the parts work right. And that's what we want to remember. When we don't do our part, it handicaps the rest doesn't do you any good to be equipped to know your gift if you don't use it. Some people will say, well, you know, nobody ever asked me. Nobody ever asked me to help. Nobody ever asked me to do anything. The Bible does not say wait until you're asked. The Bible says everyone has a gift and he says in what I just read in verse 6, he says, let us use them. He doesn't say wait until you're asked. Now, I know a lot of times leadership misses your gift. We're, we're on the lookout for people who are gifted, but sometimes we miss it. Or, or sometimes we just get busy and, and fail to ask you. 
And, and that's not a good thing. And I'm sorry when we do that. But here's the thing. If you've got a gift, if nobody asks you to do it, volunteer. Volunteer. Make it known. Come to me and say, Pastor, I've been coming here for four years. And I've got gift X, Y, and Z. And nobody's ever asked me to use them, but I want to use them. I'll find you a place to use it. Or talk to any other staff member. If you've got a gift, if God's given you an ability, and no one's asked you to use it, fine. Raise your hand. Volunteer. That's what God wants us to do. Step up. Also, some people will say, well, there's really not a ministry here for me. I, I've got this gift, but I just, there's just nothing here where I can use that gift. Maybe that's God's way of saying, well, maybe you need to start a ministry. Or maybe you need to take over ownership or leadership of a ministry that's going on right now. And take it in a new direction. If, if you're in that boat and think, man, I just can't find a place here where that fits. Then see me or see one of the staff. We'd love to find a place for you to use your gift in ministry. You know, be creative. Uh, be daring about doing what's never been done before. And refuse to let obstacles or the fact that no one's asked you or pointed you in that way keep you from doing things. God's given you a gift. And I hope that as we enter 2015 that you'll take your role in the body of Christ seriously, that you'll take what gifts God has given you, large, small, no matter how big or little you think it is. Refuse to be a spectator. Be a participant in the body of Christ in 2015. Be attentive for ways that you can use what God's equipped you to use to do great things in the kingdom of God as we move beyond 2014 into a brand new year that he has in store for us. Let's pray.